Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slain It with Santa Rob. This is episode 21. I want you to sit back and enjoy today's episode. We're going to talk to a couple guys that are brothers, and they are Stephen and Seth Riker from the band Riker. They have an incredible rock and roll story to tell you, and I know you're going to like it, so... Let's get ready to slay it with Santa Rob and the Rikers. Are you there? We are. We're here. It took us a second to figure it out. Yeah, I know. Clicking that link is something else, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I tried it on my phone and it wouldn't give permission for the microphone for some reason, but laptop worked I, right away. I, I understand that headache. I I did an interview with Dale Thompson from Bride a couple days ago. Nice. And, and, and that was a challenge because he's in New Zealand. Oh, my gosh. And his uh, his browser did not like our my program. <laughs> and it was, it was kind of a headache. But enough of that. <laughs> so, so I thought out of everybody that I've talked to that you guys would be fascinating to talk to. And you were recommended by somebody. Oh, my. <laughs> and, and, and you know this guy as well as I do. <laughs> I've got an it, idea. It, it, it was John Schlitt. How cool is that? Yeah. Oh, wow. John, John was my first guest, and uh, we talked for a while. He says, you know, you need to talk to the Rikers. <laughs> How can you so, turn that down? <laughs> so so with, with an endorsement like that. Right. Uh, you don't look at John and say, no, they, nobody wants to hear these guys. <laughs> but... But for, for, for everybody listening, I'm talking to Stephen and Seth Riker of the band Riker. They've got a crazy rock and roll history. They play with everybody. They play like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And we're going to find out a little bit of the history of how and why they are in music. So I'm just, why? How, how did you guys get into what you do? Well... It has to have started with our dad. Um, so he was actually, he played drums for Head East just for a few years in the early 90s. Uh, but Seth and I were probably just, I mean, at that time we were two or three years old. But mom would take us out to the concerts, you know, if there was a family friendly concert out, you know, a fair or something. And I have just uh, pictures in my mind of, of remembering you know, just a band and music and thinking it was really cool and people enjoying it and dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we loved music early on. And anytime growing up where dad would set up his drums, we would we would think that was the coolest thing. And our church that we grew up in, dad played drums okay. there and some of his friends uh, were on the worship team. So it was always that music was a part of the family. Right. And then... <clears throat> Uh, once dad started seeing that we were showing interest in it, like, you know, we loved seeing him drumming and stuff like that. And he's like, hmm, I might need to start me a family band here. Yeah. And I will say that I do remember the moment where I said, OK, dad, I want a guitar. And I yeah. think I was like 10 years old and they were having a fundraiser talent show for our school uh, for the stage and new curtains and stuff. And somebody begged the person putting it on begged dad to do Wipeout. 
which you know every drummer just loves yeah um, and uh but i remember being out in the crowd and watching and everybody went crazy my dad was playing and uh some friends of ours from church were playing and that that was the moment funny enough that it was wipeout but I, like i said i was 10 years old and i said dad i want i want a guitar and that following <laughs> guitar just curiosity do you remember what your first guitar was oh yeah it was a red uh fender squire and uh strat strat style um, okay. and i was i'm left-handed but uh we had went to a pawn shop to pick me out a guitar they didn't have any left-handed guitars and uh those are more rare and they're more expensive so that mm -hmm. made up dad's mind yeah. <laughs> so he goes ah we'll just buy your right-handed guitar and, and in hindsight i'm glad he did i learned it fine but there's there's some guitars some special guitars that they don't even make left-handed versions of so right right and 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 I don't know if you guys know this about me or not, but I've been in the music wholesale business for almost 19 years, and wow. the 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 fact that uh, stores charge more for lefties, yeah, it, it hurts my head because they cost the same kids. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so I I won't get on that kick. So so Seth, when when did uh, you start playing drums, or was that the same time? So it wasn't at the same time. Steven is weird because both of us, uh, right before music came along, kind of had opposite interest. He was a big uh, fan of Michael Jackson and loved dancing. And I was a huge fan of Bruce Lee, like martial arts. And we were just like hardcore into that about 10, 11 years old. And Steven got this guitar and started playing it all the time. I was like, hmm, that's weird. Why, you know, I, you know, do my high kicks and stuff <laughs> practicing my karate sure and uh then it, it was like right around when steven was starting to get a grasp on guitar the dad's like hey maybe we can you know do something with this and so he's like seth maybe you should learn bass so then we'd have you know a little three-piece band I'm like mm -hmm. okay wasn't really interested in the bass but it was like i'll try and so we did that for a bit with me. I took some lessons and learned, you know, the bass, just very basics of it. <laughs> and we did it for, I don't know, at most probably a couple years where the Tops. band was dad on drums. Steven uh, did guitar and me on bass. Okay. And I just never really, I don't know. I just never got hooked. I was like, eh, just kind of, you know, did it because... My dad wanted me to, and Stephen, you know, thought it'd be nice to have a little band. But we did mm -hmm. lose several talent shows with that lineup. Right, that lineup <laughs> lost several talent shows to some girls in poodle skirts. Yeah. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, no. right? No. <laughs> and uh, it humbled us because I did. I think right away we thought, "Hey, everybody's gonna love this. We're good, aren't we?" And yeah, I don't. We we weren't. <laughs> no. Um, and I think it was. After like a couple years at best, I think I just always saw dad playing. It's like, gosh, he's having so much fun back there. And then I remember uh, the drums and PA and everything being set up in our living room. And Steven had started messing around on the drums. And he could do this little beat. It's like, dick, dick, cat, da, 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 cat. Yeah. And I was so jealous. Like, whoa, how'd you learn to do that? Yeah. Like, I don't know. You know, just been messing around. And I think by that, I was just like, gosh, Steven's having, you know, the if same fun that it. dad is. And yeah, if he can do it, I can probably do it better. <laughs> and so I just started when I could, I started sitting down on dad's kit and just messing with it. And 
I think that kind of just bit me in the butt. I just loved it. And and I can't I can't remember for him if it was a matter of weeks, months. It wasn't quite years. But I remember first hearing him playing and going, yeah. oh, 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 the yeah. poor boy. He yeah. wants this, but no. it ain't going to happen. And I can't remember when I noticed that I'm going, oh, oh, because he was just bound and determined. He would get on it every day. Right. I noticed that no, he does. He does have rhythm. He's got an act for it, and I would notice gradual improvement through the weeks. Yeah, and then <clears throat> as Dad started noticing me improving, uh, he's just like, "Gosh, Seth ain't gonna give this up," and it's probably I probably went on about a year of still playing bass, but then kind of drumming, you know, behind the scenes. <laughs> To where okay. dad goes, okay, I think I need to learn how to play the bass guitar. If I want to be in this family <laughs> <Yeah>. band. <laughs> no kidding. Yep, and so, it's probably about 12 or 13 years old yeah. for the two of us that it changed to that. And uh, we started uh, with me as the drummer. Dad learned bass. He calls it playing drums on the bass. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the first uh, year we did that lineup, well, and also with the suggestion, our grandmother said, "Okay, if you guys want to win talent shows, you gotta you gotta be cute. You gotta have a gimmick." So she made me an outfit where we, I had a bow tie on and glasses, and we did Buddy Holly, okay. and we do that'll be the day or oh boy. And then after that song, I would she had my grandma had made this thing where velcroed at the the bow tie, and I would rip it off, and underneath there would be jail stripes, and then we'd go into Elvis, do Jailhouse Rock. She said, "You guys do that." You know that was with Seth on drums and Dad playing bass. And mm-hmm. I kid you not, after we switched over and did that, we won first place at every single talent show we did for the next probably two or three years. Right, That's... to where we couldn't enter anymore because we'd been hired for some like private parties, a wedding or something like right, that. Right, we're no longer considered amateur. Right, at right. the right. age of Which 12... is the biggest compliment we had had at, to that point. Right, age of 12 <laughs> right. or 13, they're like, well, you're considered professional, so you can't compete. We're like, oh, Okay. And you said, Buddy Holly, I was going to mention, too, that uh, a huge reason you started playing guitar, the Buddy Holly movie, the story. Yeah, I think oh. I had I already had the guitar, but mm-hmm. I, I remember watching that with mom and dad growing up. It was maybe on TV or something. And yeah, Gary Busey playing Buddy Holly. And I remember getting my guitar and like looking in the mirror and trying to bounce my leg the same way. And, you know, which right. leg is he moving? I don't know. There's something with right. that movie infatuated me and. And started an obsession with Buddy Holly. And, yeah, I and, felt like that really, really sank in. Like, that, I want to play guitar. Yeah, as far as singing and playing guitar at the same time and thinking about, you know, writing your own songs someday. It really was the Buddy Holly story movie. Yeah, but Buddy Holly was, was, was an amazing, was an amazing uh, player. I can't even imagine what, what would have happened if, he could, if his life would have continued. Oh, oh I know. And yeah, and really kind of set the way for people like the Beatles, you know, they came up with their name, the Beatles, because the crickets and, and their first, I think it was the Beatles and the Rolling Stones that their first singles out were covers of Buddy Holly songs. Right. So man, to think of what he would have done. And then the crazy thing without him, the impact, I'm sure we probably would have had the Beatles in some form, but they were so uh, impacted by him. Yeah. Well, and he would have been writing hits for other people. He was such a yeah. writer, just like the producing, producing for other people. Yeah, wrote for other people. Buddy would have wrote, you know, who knows how many huge uh, hits. I, I want to say it was 2017, or it, may, it might have been the summer. I think it was the summer of 18, now that I'm saying this. I was given tickets to a really unusual concert. I, I, 
it was the hologram show with Buddy Holly and Roy Orbison. Oh, wow. No kidding. And my daughter and I went and I had no idea what to expect. <laughs> not, not a clue, but a live band, live backup singers, and then up from the stage, a hologram of whichever person it was. Where was that? It was here in Indianapolis at the, at the uh, old National Center. Wow. And, I, and it was so realistic because they had actually taken concert footage from Roy and Buddy. And they were they were talking to the audience, and I'm I'm sitting there staring at it, going, "What what am I watching?" Am I, yeah, am I, exactly. Yeah, but enough of that. That was that was that was weird. So, so what happens after after this takes off? That you just started playing more, then start so doing festivals, or we started playing more. Uh, we got hired for you know some small fairs and i think it really started with just people uh wanting us at like birthday parties parties, and yeah like weddings weddings. uh and so we did that for a couple years and that's where once we started we really got bit by the bug of you know playing live and playing for people then something random where we really i mean uh got a lot of practice as far as in front of people um we had really, when we were uh, probably 14 and 15, the basketball games. So our, our school band um, was actually so small at the time we were in high school that they got, not good <laughs> that they said, we can't, we're not going to have them play the games, these basketball games. They'd have tournaments where every, I mean, our gymnasium would be, pe- would be packed and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all our principal and superintendent, they knew we were into music. They go, Hey, do you guys just want to set up some, you know, drums, bass, and guitar, and and play some songs, you know, in between games yeah. and, and all that. And so us with our buddy Nick Carter, who's like a brother, we would play Led Zeppelin songs, ACDC songs, Heady songs, uh, Queen, Queen yeah. what else? We I mean, will rock you and we are the champs. And some some little original stuff. We did every year from the time we were 15 to 18. And that's where we could experiment and, and do, I mean, in between those, we were doing, we were doing talent shows and stuff too, but we did a lot of growing because we could just experiment and play anything we wanted to at those. Right. And see, I'd say too, is once we got a little bit older and we were older being, you know, like 14, 15, and then realizing, okay, our dad played with, you know, a pretty successful band. And we well, have these slight memories of I gotta big tell concerts. That, that story. I'll do this quickly. So we knew dad was in music, but uh, I didn't know the name of the band, didn't know it. We hadn't taken that much interest in who it was. Okay. Even though we had already started playing. And I'm probably 13, 14. And, and uh, a buddy of mine who loves classic rock, he was saying, uh, there's this song. I can't get it out of my head. It was on the radio on the way to school with my dad. Um, I only know a few words of it, but I'm going to ask your dad because he's, you know, he's a classic rock buff. He'll he'll know what it is. Mm-hmm. And so that day after school, he was he was going, oh, yeah, Steve, it goes, it's like save my life. Banana, something's down for the last time. And dad goes, you're kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd really like to know what this song is. He goes, well, that's the band I played for for a few years. That's Head East. And that right there was uh, the genesis of my Head East obsession. I went, what? You know, I knew dad was in a band, but I didn't think it would, they were old. So I didn't think it'd be a band that I like. Right. And oh man. Yeah. Like I said, I think about 14 years old, 
because up until that point we had been into kind of the new bands of the time which mm-hmm. in retrospect weren't very well, good it's weird <laughs> Some we were into new great. bands but then you were into buddy holly i was into elvis we did so go back and forth strange. yeah 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 but anyways but yeah. finding that out right there is like what Changed okay everything. who's this heady band <laughs> everything we can about them so that goes well here here's you know when i got the gig i had to buy records or whatever and learn everything so here you go here's all the and it just grabbed us we fell in love that's what everybody's like well of course you guys like headies because your dad was in it no <laughs> like we dad had that was almost a strike against it <laughs> right. dad, dad had nothing to do with you we know, were teenagers any, he had nothing to do with any of the recordings or anything like that but once we started listening to all the albums we just such an appreciation yeah for oh the my. original the classic lineup that, that to, recorded right. those albums. to the extent to where as a drummer and as a guitar player my number one favorite drummer became steve houston the sure. founder and original drummer for head east and then same with steven with mike somerville guitar player it just we were obsessed as you could get with those guys that we wanted to play like them emulate yeah yeah, and learn those songs yeah Yeah, you you just answered a whole series of questions (laughs) (laughs) well and see right before head east right before uh we were actually huge queen fans still are yeah oh yeah heaven just still are and you know i wanted to be roger taylor the drummer stephen brian may well yeah when i was talking about left-handed guitars i remember being uh, when i was 13 or 14 and they released a signature brian may red special guitar. it was not available left-handed i remember going dad thank you so (laughs) much for not making me learn left-handed and being cheap and getting you know right handed guitar because then i was able to get one of those red specials like brian may yeah that's that's a crazy story now to jump forward a little bit uh boy you're gonna have to help me with the year the year that i met you guys for the first time was was when head east got inducted to the idol hall of fame 2011 it was september Ooh, maybe it was i thought it was 10 it was it was the same year i had total knee replacement because i was limping everywhere around that place wow (laughs) <laughs> I think it was 2011 it was it was 11 now that you okay. said that i'm not so, gonna argue with you guys <laughs> yeah yeah because uh i i was overwhelmed anyway because i mean i grew up listening to head east good man and uh, well I, I'm, I'm an old guy <laughs> i'm 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 61 and i grew hey, up old guys rule we yeah, know that don't you know <laughs> the the and I've always said that the greatest bands have come out of the Midwest. Oh, yeah. You know, my, my anybody who knows me knows REO Speedwagon is my band. Rich Raff, absolutely. R- Rich Raff is the man. Yep. Yep. There, there's, I mean, you've got Somerville. I've got Rich Raff. Somerville yep, exactly. right, is right there. Yep. You know, so when, uh, when I got to go out to the, to the Hall of Fame induction, it was something special because it was the first time John had talked to Roger oh, Boyd in like thirty yes. years. It yes. was hell freezing over. over. Yeah, it, it it was, and it was absolute rock and roll miracle stuff. Oh yeah, it was. I still have saved. So, a mutual friend of ours, Sue Dempster, 
Yeah. He knew, you know, what that would mean to me. And I'm trying to think, we were probably 21 at that time, somewhere around there. And uh, I will never forget, I woke up and had a a, um, voicemail from Sue. And I thought, Mm -hmm. what? What could she want? And I'm tired. I'm, you know, all gooey eyed and stuff. And this I'm, is probably noon or one. Of- Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I listen to this message and, and I've still got it. And it's Stephen, it's Sue. Just wanted to let you know, Head East is being inducted into the Iowa Hall of Fame and John is going to sing with them. And I, re- I mean, I thought I was dreaming because yes. I was still half asleep and I'm going, I, I had to re-listen. I really had yeah. to replay it because yeah. I did not believe it. But how cool! I mean, you know, and for just for for hardcore fans, what a what a special I, moment that was. Yeah, at that well, we were seriously like teenage little giddy girls out there. John, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget. He comes out for the first song, and it's "Get Up," and. Yeah. Stephen looks at me. Everybody was sitting the whole entire well, they, show. They were instructed. Yeah. Was everybody notes, was instructed on the table. to sit, not get up, because you'll mess with the with the Visual. recording and stuff like that. Right. And Stephen just looks at me while John's singing. He goes, "John Schlitz, tell me to get up and I'm enjoy not myself." Down. I'm getting up. <laughs> exactly. I was that, a bad kid. See, and my story that ties in with what you guys just said is Sue did the same thing to me. Yep. And I drove to Sheboygan Falls, where she lives, from Indianapolis, oh, met wow. up with her and, and, and Tom and Sherry Anderson, and we drove there from Sue's house. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize that. Because it was very, very North Iowa, wasn't it? North oh, North it, was, North it, was, it, it was ridiculous. And the, the, the one thing I remember the most is we got into Minnesota, and it rained like a beast. Oh my! It was—I mean, it was a flood. And I'm thinking, yeah, wow. here comes the here comes the ark. <laughs> I better catch the boat. And and then uh, then out of nowhere, we 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 see the. I, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Is it Lake Okeechobee? Did I pronounce Oke, that right? Okeboji, I believe. Okay. Well, I Oke remember Oke. seeing that and thinking, "There's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here, really, honestly." <laughs> And found the little cabin that we were staying in. We had we had an absolute blast. And like I said, that's where I met met you guys for the first time. Yep. Got to witness John, you know, rekindle that rock oh and roll yeah. friendship with Roger and and uh, Steve was there. Yep. You know, unfortunately, Mike wasn't. Right. Yeah, I remember thinking, oh, that he absolutely was, just because it was being, you know. Uh, uh, advertised as a reunion. I thought, oh my gosh, Mike's going to be there. And, you know, I was young and, and I thought until the point we got there, I'm like, where's, where's Mike? So that was a, a letdown at that point. And I never thought that would happen either. That was a second hell freezing over. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, then I, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I'm assuming you guys went to the first reunion. The oh, yeah. We and, 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 I, and my life got in the way and I couldn't make it. Oh, oh man. man, you didn't get to go to any of them. I didn't get. I didn't get to go to anything. Oh man, I'm sorry. They they were magical. I mean, especially somebody being Hedy's fans, and we were, you know, absolute nerds oh, when it comes so, to Hedy's. So backing up, backing up a little bit. Yeah, us being such Hedy's fans, we had to. We we wanted to seek everybody out from that a classic lineup. All these guys that we love. But we had to do it separately, you know. Right. Everybody was separate, 
So, you know, first we went out and saw John Hedy's. No, it was, oh, it was Hedy's. Yeah, Dad yeah. took us and reconnected with Roger. They hadn't talked in a long time. And we went out and saw uh, Roger. And, and it was before he got Darren and Greg, all, all the Eddie, all the right. new guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a couple years before that. Um, but we got to meet Roger and that was really cool. And I remember we had pancakes with them the next day after our first gig. And so that yeah. was the coolest. And then dad saying, you know, that Petra, they're still, they, you know, about Petra. And I kid you not. I said, dad, it's a Christian band. I don't want to, I remember John being rock and cool. I don't want to see him singing Ave Maria, you know, or something, you know? Sure. And yeah. I thought, and I said, well, he's a little bit older now. Nope. Nope. All and the what, other I knew, rockers yeah, I know. what I knew yeah. about a lot of rockers trying to sing when they're older. Yeah. I didn't want to hear John that way. I wanted to remember him a certain way. And, and dad goes, well, you know, I think it's worth checking out. I don't know how long I was stubborn like that. I just know that one day in, in high school, um, <laughs> I was, I was goofing off in our computer class and I see this video and it says Petra Jekyll and Hyde wow. uh, live at TBN. And I went, ah, Jekyll, that just sounds like a that can't be some wimpy song. That sounds cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I clicked on it and John blew my mind. The whole, <laughs> the whole band blew my mind to where I excused myself from the class. <laughs> this is this is a true story. I excused myself from class. I went and grabbed Seth and grabbed a buddy of ours, Matthew. And I said, you guys, you guys got to see this. And I played it. We went to our band room or whatever. And, and I played that video. And my buddy Matt goes, uh, does, is it just me or does he sound even better than he did in the headies? I'm like, don't say that, Matthew. <laughs> and, but, um, and, I, and so I went, we were blown away. And I immediately went on Petra.com and everything and saw that, oh, my gosh, this band I just became obsessed with is on their farewell tour. Right. A week later, we were in St. Joseph, Missouri, watching them uh, for the first time. And that was the first time experiencing John live. And it was uh, the <laughs> venue was was perfect. And oh, and yeah. it was real dark and foggy. And we're like, where's where's John? The rest of the band was there. Yeah. Uh, um, all about who, you know, starts cranking up and all of a sudden, boom, there's John. out of the smoke. Yeah. John, he's got his back to us. And then as it comes in, he turns around. Oh, yeah, wow. and you're it's, familiar. You're familiar with that farewell set and everything. Just oh, yeah. the heaviness and oh my yeah. gosh! And we were front row, and that we just well. And God bless our parents too, because we so we found out about that gig within the week that we found out about Petra, and going whoa, we got to see this. And we're like, gosh, they're in St. Joe, which is like about a hundred miles from where we live. Right, and. We were, Stephen and I had just turned 16, didn't have our license yet. We had a permit, didn't have our license, but our buddy Matthew that watched the video with us and fell in love immediately, he had his license. Okay. And so we're like, guys, we got to go to this. Mom and dad were not able to take us, so they trusted us. This was like a first trip of us taking. They trusted us to go. <laughs> and we were trustworthy for the most part. No, yeah, we were, we were pretty good. <laughs> Um, but Matthew had his license. They're so like, okay, Matthew can drive. We get like 20 miles out of town and Matthew's like, I'm not comfortable driving in cities. And I, Seth, me didn't have yeah. my license yet, just still my permit, but I was yeah. obsessed with driving. I was like, I love like city driving and I like researched it and stuff. And I was a pretty good driver, uh, just with my permit. 
Anyway, so I'm like, Matt, don't you worry about it. Here, let me have it. <laughs> so driving unlicensed to a Petra concert, and <laughs> we got we got there, and just it was a crazy experience. And us being the nerds that we are, all of us wore head east shirts. <laughs> do you remember nice. this? I do, and we got in the the signing line afterwards. And uh, the first band member we came up to was Paul, Paul Simmons, and he sees our shirts and he just goes, "Never been any reason." John. And John just his eyes glare over, like, "Why are you singing that?" And then he sees <laughs> yeah. all our shirts, and so, and that was the first thing I think that made us stand out a little bit to John. We were very young. Uh, yeah. At the time. Well, I'll never forget. John goes, "Now you guys are here." Once we. It took. We never even said anything about our dad playing in Head East or anything. We just said we were fans of the band. Yeah, no, we right. were saying that we love John, and you know those meet and greet things or the whatever after the shows was very you know short. Uh, but just, yeah, just that we loved Head East and loved him and Head East. And he goes, well, he goes now you've came to you know uh, Petra show with Head East shirts. He goes. You guys can buy some Petra shirts and go Wear them see to a head east show. Yeah, head east. <laughs> like, uh, which we already met Roger at that time. We're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's jump up now to 2021 because yeah. now, now it's the John's first gig since the lockdown. In oh, you yeah. and Greg Manahan from Head East, the race player, yes, are John's band. Yep. So what's it like playing for a hero? Dude, just like you said, I mean, he's a hero. It, every time we get the chance to do it, it's... We got to pinch ourselves. Yeah, I mean, to, to, be, to stay focused enough to do the job, to do, you know, to play well, but the whole time going, can you believe this? Me and Seth looking right. at each other and just, yeah. I still, I can't believe it. We've been... So, are you about to say something? Yes, I am. <laughs> to me, it's kind of a three-part story that has three very that got us to the point. Um, a lot of it is uh, just being crazy fans and uh, making ourselves uh, known just because we went to so many shows. Visible. Yeah, uh -huh. and then being younger, you know, mm -hmm. that's, you know, kind of stands out. But to me, it's like in three sections there's chapter one two and three and the main characters would be sue dempster yep. jay seculo brad martin yeah like, <laughs> sue you know she was like a big sister to us so she would sure. always, if she knew we were coming out she made sure we were taken care of and and i always took my little recorder i wanted to record the show soundboard and so anytime we'd go out and see john or see petra or whatever uh sue i would get a hold of sue and and you know she would make sure we got to say hi to john and and so that really gave us kind of this privileged access that i i mean i'm still to this day so so thankful to have had and i somehow she got a cd of me and seth playing or something i i guess i gave it to her but she showed it to John and Bob. She was during the, the John and Bob days, two guys from Petra. Sure. Um, she had a CD of me and, and singing and playing guitar and Seth playing drums, of course, just something we had recorded the two of us and multi-tracked and whatever. 
I guess on the way back to the airport, she played it for John and Bob. And it was me doing a Head East song. And she says that, you know, halfway through the song, she's like, John hasn't really, his face is kind of maybe almost annoyed. <laughs> and and I'm, he, he finally just goes, Sue goes, oh, you know, do you know what this is? And John just goes, yeah, Sue, I've heard it a million times. And uh, I be, may have been drunk and stoned, but I sang it a million times. <laughs> yeah, I remember so, it. Right. And she goes, John, you realize this isn't you. And he did not. So whatever recording that was, we were just trying our best to imitate. Like I said, City of Gold. Is that what it was? It was City of Gold. I'm trying to imitate John's voice, trying to imitate Mike on guitar, trying to imitate Roger on keyboard, Seth trying to imitate Steve, just the whole thing. And we fooled John Schlitt to this day. um, And and that's where first, why I said Sue, that kind of put – us into his head as those little kids that come out and see me <laughs> and then so then the next me, point the next chapter chapter two is jay seculo yeah because mm-hmm. us just being massive fans steven would pay well the kickstarter the, you know yeah. rob was part of the kickstarter uh yeah. for john's albums and yeah. we we had done one of the top ones where you were able to go in the studio and listen to John sing for a day. Yeah. Well, we get there, and Dan accidentally, Dan Needham, John Sunwell, accidentally has the studio double booked. So he's already in there with somebody, and John can't do it. And oh. John's scrambling. He's like, guys, I'm so sorry. He's like, wait a second. I'm supposed to have a jam with Jay Seculo today. You guys want to go to that? And we thought, well, that'd be super cool. Well, hold yeah. on. I'm going to back him up for a second. <clears throat> because, so I tried to talk Steven out. I was like, look, we love John and we love that we contributed to, you know, his album. Because we just want to hear more, more music from him. But right. that day, so no, the day after that we were supposed to be in Nashville with John, we had a show. Yeah. And I was like, Steven, we got to skip out. Just tell John, you know, uh, you know, we're glad to contribute, but we're not going to be able to make it to Nashville to sit on the studio session. We have a show the next day. If we go to that, we're going to literally get 12 minutes of, so we can't make it. And Steven's with me on it. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll let him know we can't make it. And then he wakes me up in the morning and he's like, it's like, I don't know why, but I just have a really strong feeling. I think we need to go. I'm like, what? I was like, dude, we got to play. We're not, there's no time for us to drive to Nashville, drive back and then have a few hours with, you know, John. I was like, there's no way it's impossible. He's like, Mm -hmm. you just got to trust me. I said, yeah, we're going to be tired, but I think we need to do it. So then after all that to get there and find out, Oh, I was upset. Then John's like, yeah, guys, it ain't going to happen and stuff. I'm like, Steven, I told you. He felt really bad. I was trying to think of a way to make it up to us anyway. So he said, we, do this jam with Jay Seckley. You guys should, you know, just come hang out. Yeah. And we thought that'd be totally cool. Just yeah. as cool as being in the studio. But he had to go pick up his grandkids uh, from school. So he says, here's the address. Just go there and they'll probably be eating lunch. Help yourselves. It's a little buffet thing. Yeah. And so we walked in there and we help ourselves and go sit at the table and uh, kind of off by ourselves unnoticed i thought about 10 minutes after <laughs> helping ourselves to their mexican food there jay just turns around and goes so who are you guys <laughs> <laughs> and i thought that there was some you know that john gave Hopefully, him a heads yeah. up 
and I say, bit. oh, we're with John Schlitt. Um, you know. And he goes, you guys are the guys with Schlitt? How do you know that old guy? <laughs> you know, and <laughs> and, and uh, so John had given him a heads up, and we start talking. And Jay's just a really cool guy, easy to talk to. And and uh, he started, he found out, you know, we were obsessed with Head East and all this. And he invited yeah. us to come sit with him, sit next to him. And uh, through the whole day, he was he was uh, giving me trivia on yeah. Head East. And uh, he goes, do you know, I've been trying to convince John to do been any reason but we don't have a keyboard player and i said ah oh, john probably killed me for telling you this i said yeah i'm a guitar player but actually as far as never being a reason goes i can play the keyboard part on that and he yeah. goes, you're kidding you're kidding he goes okay hold i'll be right back by the time john gets there <laughs> jay goes hey john guess what song we're doing today and he goes don't say never been any reason he goes we're doing never been any reason you don't, <laughs> don't have keyboard no, and we don't Jay, have a keyboard player. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, Oh, he can play keyboards. And John didn't know that apparently at this time. And then yeah. he goes, We don't have keyboards. And Jay goes, Yes, we do. It'll be here in about five minutes. <laughs> and so, yeah, that day, we were just supposed to be sitting there watching him. Well, we weren't even supposed to be there. But uh, Seth played drums and uh, I played the keyboards. And that's the first time that John really realized that we played and that we were decent. And yeah, that that we were okay, and that's uh, incredible. It was yeah. the coolest, the coolest thing. And we, you know, we were worried about not getting sleep before our show. We wouldn't have got it anyways. We were so excited. Oh, we didn't yeah. need it. We were going off of adrenaline. Well, and see, so that thing happening, it was just. I feel like it's just like a couple months later that Sue calls Stephen, goes, "Hey, so John's needing some." Uh, musicians to record some backing tracks for some heady stuff he's gonna yeah. start doing that solo shows right gonna make right. it part of his ministry you know and include headies and since we did this stuff with seculo john's like those guys nailed it so he told sue hey get a hold of the Riker boys i want them to come to nashville and do some <laughs> recordings for me for that stuff and the cherry on top of that one was it was at john lowry's studios Oh, nice. Which, yeah. Yeah. We were just beside ourselves, pinching ourselves and going, okay, we're supposed to perform well. Studio group. And not only yeah. in front of John Schlitt, our hero, but then John Lowry. Oh, yeah. Okay. In front of John Lowry, who, yeah. who's, who's one of the most nicest, one of the nicest guys in the world. And but. Incredible. He is. Thank goodness that made us, put us at ease immediately. Super nice guy. <laughs> but an absolute wizard when it comes to keyboards. I remember telling Seth on the way, I'm like, I've got to play keyboards in front of John Lowry. Why am I doing right. this? Yeah. But so he was so, so he cool. He couldn't have been cooler and just the the atmosphere there. And it was the coolest experience ever for, like we were in the studio and Stephen and I just having to go, who, what happened? How did we get here that yeah. we're recording this stuff and we're looking in? And John's giving us guide vocal, you know, while we're playing. We're playing yeah. these Hedy's tunes and John's in the vocal booth singing. Yeah, Schlitz giving guide vocal and then Lowry's <laughs> in there just rocking out, giving thumbs up that, yeah, it's sounding good. And like, we, we practiced so much because we wanted to be able to get these takes down quickly. Right. And we did, and we're like, these guys are pros. These are our heroes, you know, because we became <laughs> huge Petra as much as we're, we are head headheads headheads yeah you're pet head head. oh you're absolutely yeah. absolutely and so um we're we're doing these songs and they were blown away 
Like John yeah. Lowry was just he Seth along to click. Dad had instilled in us very young to play in time to and accurate. Yeah, sure. uh, to practice with the metronome. So being in the studio and that was one of our first studio experiences. Yeah, and That's incredible. It went very smoothly. Yeah, it was super cool. Well, and, so so yeah, with Sue first hearing uh, a tape of us and just letting John know that we're musicians because we were never guys that like said hey we play or hey Listen our to us. yeah never did so sue opened john up to that and then jay because john didn't really know how good we were hey, chance on us hey you guys want to play let's do the reason song and make john do it and yeah. he'll say yes to you guys anyways then we did that and then got invited to lowry's to make john some backing things and yeah. then the final the final the final thing that set it in where we actually do got you, to be John's... Rob, have you ever met Brad Martin? Only on Facebook. I've never met him in person. One of the most incredible guys ever. Oh, yeah. We love... He's, we call him our, our crazy uncle. He's the uncle of the Hetty's family. Crazy uncle of the Hetty's family. And and uh, really like a big brother to us. But, yeah. But he calls me... I didn't... I think we had maybe met met once, but he calls me out of the blue. He, you know, hey, can could we chat for a minute? And he had this crazy idea to do a Hedy's reunion in Illinois, um, Carlisle, Illinois, and yes. he wanted John and Steve and everybody to be there. And um, he was hoping I could help him re reach out to John, I believe. And then he goes, and I uh, I want Riker to play a set at it. I said, Are you serious? I thought that was cool. Saying so he goes, Well, I got one more request. I want to hire John to play uh, that day too. But, Solo, yeah. but uh, I know he does tracks. But I'd like a, I'd like him to have a live band. What would you think if I suggested to him you and your brother backing him up? Yeah, and I said, "Are you kidding me?" I said, "Well, <laughs> like sure." We, we'd never played with them live. We did that favor, you know, for him doing the studio tracks. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and um, anyways, and I thought oh brad you're crazy but i love your kind of crazy and the next time i talked to him he goes hey john thinks that's a great idea and so that i mean i'm so thankful to brad uh because as far as actually setting something like booking something with us as the band right and then after that gig is where john and and guy and our buddy nick that plays with all, all the time he was scheduled to have his baby that week and so he couldn't do it and we thought, who are we going to get? And it was Nick that said, well, have you thought about Greg? And I thought, oh, my gosh, Greg Manahan. He's going to be there for the Hedy thing. That yeah. worked out so well. And Greg, such a stud, great bass player, great yeah. vocalist. You know, John's stuff, the Hedy stuff, the Petra stuff needs a lot of background vocals. So that worked out perfectly. We get along really well. Um, and after that gig, <laughs> the funny thing was, John goes, guys, if I get a gig that wants a full band, you know, like within a hundred mile radius of you all, would you want to do it? We said, oh, absolutely. That'd be <laughs> awesome. The first call we got from John was to go to Ontario, Canada. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. This is a little over a hundred miles, but you guys want to go? Yeah. It's like, okay, that's a thousand miles, but the, okay. The second call was for Texas uh, and where now is Santa Alabama. Was the second was one second, Alabama? And then, yeah, Ontario, or no, uh, uh, 
San Antonio, San Antonio, Texas. Texas. We haven't wow. got to play with him within a hundred mile radius. We yet. did. We actually. <laughs> oh well, yeah, because we booked. It. And then, of course, Ohio, uh, Versailles, yeah. right where you saw yeah. it. Yeah. Man, I think that's the last time we've seen you. Correct. Yeah, it, it is, and I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, oh, I'm, I want to warn you of something real quick. Spotify's app that I use plays tricks on me sometimes. So if we get cut off in, in 60 minutes, I'm going to call you right back. Okay, cool. So, yeah, that happened in the middle of an interview, and uh, they didn't announce they did that. So, Oh, crazy. But, but I, I got to say, the jump up to Versailles at the BMI Speedway, which is like one of the coolest venues in the world. Oh, yeah. It was This awesome. little town, but super cool rock uh, venue. But, yeah. But, but I'm there. I'm watching Russ Taff, who, who's the opening opening act. And yep. anybody who knows the Imperials, they know Russ Taff. Oh, yeah. And they know Russ's heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's, yeah they, they don't get much bigger in the CCM world than, than right. Russ. That's, that's who saved our dad. Yes. But, see, yeah. and, but, I, but I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, this is, this is kind of fun. I wasn't a big Imperials guy. I'm more of a rock guy. Sure. And, and it was kind of funny because – John forgot I was coming. He, John you know, forget? He, no. But I'm, and I haven't seen John since the lockdown. Wow. The last time John saw me, I was still shaving my head. <laughs> it, it had a big old Fu Manchu biker mustache. <laughs> so you guys come out. I'm leaning up against the rails the whole time. You know, I, I'm right in front of Greg. And he's... John keeps looking at me. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I can't be. And, and uh, I'm watching you guys because I had not seen the two of you play before. Wow. And first off, if the sun was shining, it was because of the smiles that you guys were having. Oh, man. Couldn't get him <laughs> off of there. <laughs> it, it was amazing. And, and I know John's solo stuff is not easy to play. No, oh, it's not. I, I, I know that Petra's, that Bob Hartman's tone is not the easiest to get. Oh, man, no. And same with his songs. Lots of chords, the solos. I remember I just told Jeff Schlitt this the other day. We saw him at the uh, uh, Illinois State oh, Fair. Oh, yeah. And uh, um, he had complimented, Beyond Belief was playing, and, and Jeff goes, hey, you play this, you play this really good. And I said, oh, man, thanks. I said, well... When I was young, I heard an interview with John where he said, I think I kind of, after Bob left, I kind of judge a guitar players. Yeah, yeah I, I gauge a guitar player based on how they can play the Beyond Belief solo. So yeah. I made sure I had that one right. Well, it, I, I, I just grinned from ear to ear the whole time. Uh, a, after the show, I was kind of hanging around. Uh, I was there with my best friend, Ron. My nephew, Ron, Lee, was yeah. there. And... Uh, John came walking around and he looked and goes, dude, <laughs> said, no, Santa. <laughs> and, and I think at that point, my hair was still dyed pretty white from, uh, from uh, all the Santa stuff that I had been uh -huh. doing. Wow. And, uh, and, you know, just, just to, to reconnect with him for the first time since the lockdown, to hear you guys, to hear Greg, it's like, I, I can't say what I want to say because I'll end up hurting somebody's feelings. But, um, but, but you guys, wow, Th that's all I'm gonna say. Well, 
Bro, thank man, you, man, thank you. And so from people that are fans of John's and fans of Petra, we've heard kind of that same response quite a bit. And the only thing we can say, we're not taking it in a sense like, oh, yeah, because we're such great musicians, blah, blah, blah. Nope. No. <laughs> the reason I think, because we've talked about this, that people think that way is because we're such massive fans that we, like, I mean, I loved Steve Houston did yeah. as much as I could to imitate that dude. And and that, you know, is a part of John's history right there. Right. Drummed with him. Same when you get to Petra. Louis, he's another one that I yeah. studied and studied and was obsessed with. Sure. And then another one, Paul Simmons. Yeah. Obsessed, like one of my favorite drummers in it. And Steven, same way with Mike Somerville, with Steven Love P. Orta. Who was yeah. a part of the Petra yeah. for you know a while, and then Bob, of course, and so we have where we have different parts of our playing is literally different eras of, of John's John, career, his career, yeah. and so we throw in tons of different things that are familiar, especially to hardcore fans like you, yeah, that we bring it. You know, we try to, to honor Bob. We try to honor Lou. Yeah, we'll, and we'll have we'll have a show where like ah, we're kind of feeling more. You know, the era of uh, whatever the two thousands. So Stephen's doing more like Pete Orta, and I'm doing some Louis stuff later, where it's right. kind of like flailing and stuff. And then we'll be ah, let's do this song. More you know, farewell style. We yeah, just, more we love Paul it all. Simmons and Bob, and <laughs> so I think that's what's kind of resonated with hardcore, hardcore fans, like you, yeah, because. Right we're hardcores right along with you yeah. or musicians doing it. And it's just, we, we get to geek out and well, we try to work it up and work up the set list from the perspective of the fan. fan. Yeah. Like number, what, right. what number one. We want, we want to try our best to make it a show we would want to see. And we're right. you know, just so lucky to be, you know, performing it, but we just, we want it to be a show we would want to attend. Right. Well, well, you, you guys played the one that I wanted to attend. <laughs> that, that's so nice <laughs> As I, I, I've seen I haven't seen a ton of shows of BMI I, I, I think the only other bands I've seen out there are Striper I've gone out there for two wow. Striper shows Wow! and uh, it's just a little too far from Indianapolis for my liking sure sure it, and, hey, well, we're glad you made the long trek when we it's, it's a boring drive guys there's <laughs> yeah. nothing there you know, if, uh, I, if I remember right, we, we found food. I think we found food at a gas station a block away from there. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't remember what we ate there. I, think I don't drove. either. So for us, it's like almost 11 hours, I think. It's like 10 and a half hours. Yeah. But I we didn't know what to expect. And we get there, and I went into the wrong building. We went into the, kind of where the shop was, where they yeah. had... We did, that, we did that the first time that I saw Striper. We went to the wrong building. <laughs> nice. And I'm kind of like, okay, this is strange. Anyways, and the people go, you know, I went in there. I was like, well, I'm uh, the drummer with John Schlitt. He's going to be here tomorrow night. We were, you know, there the day before. And just wondering, you know, if we can get to where we can load in. And yeah. they're like, oh, absolutely. We'll take you there. And uh, Stephen his wife joy they were waiting out in the car and uh these guys walk me through they go yeah let's get this all unlocked and you guys can pull around to the back where we load in 
and I'm walking through and I'm kind of like, what is, this is a odd place. And then it gets to the stage area. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's it's incredible. And yeah, I wasn't expecting it at all. Like with the building and seeing it, it's a total rock. And I walk through trying to be like, I'm John Schlitz drummer. I gotta, you know, act like this isn't crazy. (laughs) (laughs) This will do. This will do. I got a wall of marshals on one side, a wall of mess of boogies on the other side. So so then they're like, yeah, you can load in this door. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go grab our vehicle. I go out the door and I run back to our van and add a breath to Steven and his wife. I'm like, guys, this is one of the coolest venues ever. It's awesome. (laughs) And how how cool. The owner, I mean, you can just tell the owner they have a super, super deep appreciation for live music and and for fans, you know, that just making it a, a, a really cool experience oh absolutely great experience well tell you what i'm gonna i'm gonna stop this before an hour hits i have the feeling you and i the three of us could talk for another hour without even trying (laughs) right so so i i'm gonna tell you right now i don't have a date yet but we're gonna do a part two with you in 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 the near future (laughs) because this is a, a ball but i but i have to ask you a question before our time runs up that i ask everybody who's been on the show so far Yes, and we got and we got to do it in about four minutes. Okay, <laughs> I'll ask. I'm going to ask each of you a question. Keep them short. Then I'm going to ask you as a group. Okay. Being and being Santa, being Santa Rob, you get a wish. And I want to know first. We'll start with Seth. Anyone dead or alive? Who would you want to play with? Oh my. Um. So there's a really obvious answer to this, and I know Steven's going to use it, so I'm going to let him have it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not my answer. <laughs> no, it is your answer, but I, I know both of us kind of ha- have the same thought there. Um, I'm going to have to say, God, it'd probably be Queen. It'd probably be Freddie Mercury. Um, <laughs> you just made my day. Such yep. an influence to us. Uh, yep. We probably honestly wouldn't even be into Head East or John, period, if it wasn't for Queen, because that's kind of what turned us on to classic rock was yeah, Queen. Cool. Yeah. And uh, just a, I think a, a lot of what uh, people like in our playing and stuff comes from Queen. It's, they're very, and it's very big, just from the arena rock and stuff like that. I would have to say Queen, just because that's it's what started our love for classic rock and introduced us to so many of our favorite bands. All right, on to the next one. Okay, so mine's simple and short and probably cheesy, but my honest answer is we already have, and I really I I mean that. It, that's it's awesome. Like making it technical, I would say. Dan Burney, because at one of the very last Headache's reunion shows that had Mike, Roger, Steve, and John all there with the, the current guys, Roger said, hey, would you guys want to get up for a song? I said, are yep. you kidding me? And it was kind of, it was a real um, just chaotic atmosphere oh, and everything. And it's not a show that you would usually, you know, that was casual and chill and, oh, we'll get a guest up on stage. No. Roger yeah. got us up to play uh, Getting Lucky, 
with all the surviving uh, original members. Nice. And and Larry Boyd was playing bass. Was it was Larry playing with us on that song? He was there. I know he got up and played. And that was after we got off stage that that night. I said, Roger, I mean, you don't know what that meant to us. And he goes, Actually, I do. That's why I got you. That's why I did it. And that talk about dreams. So if we could have had Dan Bernie there. But the fact that we got to stand, I mean, literally our heroes, we uh, literally, and the timing of that, you know, we less than a year later, Mike would be gone. Like, I just, I'm, I can't believe that happened. And I'm forever grateful to, I still tell Raj that just, you know, thank you for thinking, thinking of us because that, that meant the world. So with with just a couple minutes left as, as, as brothers, who do you, who do you want to play with? together okay i'll be very honest i'll be very honest with this one and this is futuristically and this is probably Ooh. a guy you know ready you want to say it at the same time three two one mark, mark martell. martell okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> so are you aware of mark martell i i am oh of course you are so he helped voice <laughs> freddie mercury in the, yes. in the movie for some parts we yeah. got to meet him and and uh, have some mutual friends with him too. Yeah, we saw him out in Tulsa. We went to this center bar after the gig, and we're there for about ten minutes. And who shows up? Mark Martell. So we Mark got to hang out with him for about half an hour. Yeah, or tell better. us about how his band down here opened for Petra. Yeah, we're talking like, about John. You guys play with him? We're like, yeah. We got <laughs> had a good conversation, and then actually his bass player that night. Uh, we became buddies with and was a massive Buddy Holly fan. Saw a yeah. tribute that we did for Buddy in 2019. 20- it, it was the 60th of the plane crash. Anyways, yeah. and wanted to be in a band with us and everything. If only we lived in Nashville. But wow. there's some connections there, but definitely are. I, I thought that was going to be a hard question. But the second I looked at Seth, I'm going, wait a second. Yeah, the next so, guy. Mark Martell, someday to do that. We yeah. love his original material. We love his down here material right. and his queen stuff. We would nice. love a, to play with a that man of God that yeah has the interest of Queen that we have like yeah. that that would just be amazing crazy. talent amazing <laughs> unreal unreal singer vocalist just but, but I am definitely gonna to set up a, uh, another one with you guys because th- this hour just flew by. Man, it we, did, we would it? we would love it, and thank you so much. I yes. mean, that, what a, it's an honor. You you talk to freaking heavyweights on here, right? And and we loved with John and with Darren. Great conversation with Darren and and uh, um, Scorfina. Scorfina, yeah. yeah, we listened to that. I mean, Scorfina's my buddy. Yeah, oh, man. such a cool guy. We didn't realize. My goodness, like we thought he was cool, no matter you know, with his history. But listening to the podcast, um, we were listening to on our way to a gig out yeah. in Kansas, or no, Oklahoma, and uh, I was blown away. I didn't realize the Elvis all band the stuff. stuff. Yeah, we're major yeah. Elvis I was fans. Just, so. My jaw was dropping as we was listening, and so thank you, man, for doing this, and it's so cool to be a part of it. I, I'm glad you're here. I'll be contacting you again real soon. You guys are the best, and just God bless you. Say hi to your dad for me. Absolutely, Will man. do. And, uh, and thank you again. Thank you so much, and we'll be in touch real soon. All right, Absolutely. man. Take care. All right. Thanks, man. Yep.
that was a special, special conversation with Steven and Seth Riker. That hour just flew by. It was rock and roll history. It's rock and roll future. And I, I know that Steven and Seth are going to go far in the music world. If you ever get a chance to uh, to see Riker playing, they're, they're out of Missouri. Um, if you see John Schlitt out there playing somewhere uh, with a full, full band and it's not Patrick, chances are it's going to be uh, the Riker boys behind them. So thanks, guys, for taking time out of your day to, to uh, talk with me and hang out in the sleigh with Santa Rob. And if you enjoyed that, let me know. Send me an email at santarobpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you have suggestions for for guests or topics, you can send it there. You can also do that same thing by going to Slaying It with Santa Rob on Facebook. Like the page. Leave me a comment. Let me know that you're there. And uh, if you're a Spotify if you're listening on Spotify, please subscribe. Leave me that uh, that uh, uh, four-star rating or five-star rating or whatever the rating is, just whatever the highest one is, and uh, just subscribe. I've got new new podcasts dropping every Monday. I've got some very special things coming up, but uh, I have the feeling I'll be talking to the Riker Boys again real soon, so that's another special one. Uh, thank you to my awesome sponsors. Uh, Brett Christmas Mustache Wax, the home of Santa Rob Mustache Wax. You can uh, head over to bscenterprises.com. Use that discount code Santa Rob. Save 15% on your order. With Christmas coming up, that's perfect, ladies. Your guys need to groom their mustache. If you're into collecting things, hot spot collectibles and toys, once again, check out their inventory. Use discount code Santa Robin, save 15%. And as always, thank you guys for listening. Without you, I'm wasting my time. But you make this all worthwhile for me. And I will see you next week on Slaying It with Santa Robin.